Hello everyone, my name is Peter Janisch and I'm delighted to be your host for the third episode of Polymix Rack. As the managing editor of Polymix magazine, I'm excited to introduce to you our distinguished guest who we have with us today, Ambassador Martin Seidig. His impressive diplomatic career has taken him all around the world, serving, for instance, as the Austrian ambassador to the People's Republic of China, as well as the OSCE Special Envoy to Ukraine in 2014, and of course, as the Austrian ambassador to the United Nations in New York during the formulating of the Sustainable Development Goals in 2015. In this episode, we are privileged to speak with Ambassador Seidig about his pivotal role in the SDGs drafting process and his perspective on a global sustainability efforts in 2023 and beyond. We caught up with him after one of his Saturday lectures at a diplomatic academy and he graciously shared his insights with us. So sit back, relax and join us for this captivating conversation with Ambassador Martin Seidig. The SDGs are a real game changer, a unique process and a unique uh, way of organizing the world on a global agenda, both for developed and developing countries, or developing and developed countries. So let's start with a short retrospective, your background and the overall motivation to create uh, such an international complex mechanism as the Sustainable Development Goals. So can you uh, briefly tell us a little bit about your background and a brief overview of your journey in international relations? Well, thank you very much for inviting me and for, for having me. Uh, the background um, is uh, quite uh, simple. When uh, the SDGs were created and negotiated uh, in uh, 20. 13 and 2014. In New York, I happened to be the Austrian permanent representative at the UN in New York, i.e. the Austrian ambassador to the United Nations. And I was also then the chairman of an informal uh, gathering of UN member countries of the group of friends of the rule of law. This uh, group had been created by my predecessor, Gerhard Pfanzelter, in New York, and uh, it uh, happened to be an absolute blessing to have this group uh, of countries w which uh, engaged themselves uh, for more rule of law, not only in international relations, but also within member countries of uh, the United Nations, and uh, to also engage for seeing the rule of law, a better rule of law, as a precondition for development. And um, how did you become involved exactly in the drafting of the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals? What was your exact role in that process? The whole um, process of drafting the SDGs in this open working group was uh, from the beginning a rather difficult process because there were only 30 countries in this open working group. But as the working group worked for nearly one and a half years, over the period uh, of time, it was basically a real open working group. So each member country 
uh, could more or less participate at its own rights in certain sessions. And we Austrians concentrated first, obviously, on goal 16, which is good governance, rule of law. And uh, we also concentrated on another topic, uh, which was uh, sustainable industrialization, which is goal 9. So these were the main topics where we engaged and where I also personally engaged in the process of drafting. And uh, my personal role was uh, especially also in drafting goal 16 uh, until really the very end of the negotiations, until the very last days, hours of the negotiating process in July 2014. And I do believe that the formulations on corruption, on rule of law, also have uh, my own personal input. I don't say that I'm completely happy with the existing formulation, but that was what we could achieve in those days. And uh, at the end, uh, looking back, it is more than we expected. Yes, I also wanted to go uh, briefly into this topic. In order to achieve such a success, 193 member states of the United Nations had to accept this. So what do you think is the most important precondition for such an achievement, such a success? I think the most important uh, precondition is to find uh, the right moment together with also other member countries. A country like Austria cannot only make the show among this 193. One has to have others to help you. And the question is then, among all those who unite also out of this group of friends of the rule of law, is the personal credibility of the actors. And uh, I was very lucky because the others that I was working with and fighting for were the representatives of two really not very big countries. The first was Liechtenstein, uh, with uh, an ambassador, Christian Wienerwieser, who has been in New York for very long. He's still in New York. And he has a great personal credibility. And the then uh, ambassador of uh, Timor-Leste, Sofia Borges, who represented what it meant to fight for democratic country from the very beginning. She represented, if I may say so, the success story of the Timorese people, not only in their fight for independence, but in their creation of a democratic country, and uh, not in a colonial and post-colonial context, but uh, afterwards, when they fought for their real independence from Indonesia. Thank you very much for sharing these valuable insights with us and with our listeners. And now I would like to ask you, could you give us a um, brief overview of the SDGs themselves and, and explain maybe how can people assess their significance for global sustainability efforts today, already eight years after the introduction of themselves? The SDGs are a real game changer. 
they built on the experience of the Millennium Development Goals, which were only eight goals on very specific areas, like also fight against HIV AIDS, fight against tuberculosis, uh, reducing death, the death of children, and uh, eradicating, obviously, in a more general term, uh, poverty. But these were on very specific targets. And it was a top-down process. The SDGs were, as I told you before, a bottom-up process from all the member countries of the United Nations. A unique process and a unique uh, way of organizing the world on a global agenda, both for developed and developing countries, or developing and developed countries. And uh, that was the unique approach. And uh, to have it in such an all-encompassing way, certainly one can say, well, we are uh, now in the middle of the 15 years, and we haven't achieved very much, and uh, global warming, and uh, we have now had the epidemics. Yes, maybe, but the world has a record of not achieving everything 100%. But uh, with the SDGs, even 30-40% in some areas is already an achievement, if we can succeed. and. The SDGs are present all over the world, in developing countries, in as much as developed countries. And uh, these goals, these 17 goals, you can find them with their small you know, pictures that have been so ably done by the UN uh, Information Department. You'll find them all over. And they are a real global agenda. And that's the big difference. And uh, I hope that we will understand what we have achieved uh, in this respect. Also, in, in the sense that it's all encompassing, not only governments, but also business, civil society. It covers all. And if you look also in the world of business, much has changed in the understanding, especially also of big multinational companies, that they have to perform in favor of sustainable development. Now I would like to move from the past to the past eight years, uh, to, the, to the present and perhaps to the, also to the future, although no one likes predictions, I admit that. But um, what do you see in light of the current multiple crises that we go through, from war in Ukraine to the food crisis, to the climate change, to uh, pandemics, you name them all. What do you see as the most pressing sustainability challenges that we will face? And um, maybe what steps can organizations or even individual states, the members, take to address them? I think uh, the, past, the past years and even what we are in now makes us understand like never before that the world is faced with global challenges. And that's why we have to have a global approach towards these global challenges. The pandemic was and still is a global challenge. Yes, we had and still have HIV, AIDS, 
but it is a relatively, uh, fortunately, uh, small sector. The pandemic has hit everyone all over the world. Global problem which needs global solutions. The war in Ukraine and the problems now in the energy markets and especially also food, grain, shows again that uh, even a local conflict does have global repercussions. Global repercussions in areas one would not have thought before. Who would have thought among those who started the conflict that uh, having such a local military operation would have such global repercussions. Were the people aware that uh, Russia and Ukraine are now the world's biggest producers of grain in a country that uh, in the 80s, when the Soviet Union was still there, was still a net importer of grain. And uh, much of the money that was made in the Soviet Union by selling natural gas was spent on importing grain. Now, Ukraine and Russia as independent countries are among the biggest producers of grain and exporters of grain. But you have to have also a mind change connecting with this. And the people who are, who rule, still are governed, from my point of view, by the Soviet mind, and have not, and have not understood their responsibilities on a global scale of today. And uh, if I look at what's going on now in Turkey with the negotiations on continuing this deal, one asks oneself, have they finally understood they have a global responsibility? Yes, which also leads me to one of my very last uh, questions, um, also very important one. Do you still see a merit in, in international diplomacy and the cooperation in promoting these global, in, they're global because they encompass the whole world sustainability today in 2023? Would you agree that the diplomacy and the cooperation still have a say? Well, I think uh, we, we see it more and more. Uh, how important uh, diplomacy is, but also how multifaceted diplomacy is. Diplomacy is not only to have an embassy and to attend uh, cocktails or to have some bilateral activities or cultural activities, promoting an Austrian writer or an Austrian composer or, or an Austrian painter, but diplomacy has so many different aspects and has to be active in so many different areas. And uh, what is needed today is a real, so to say, flexibility and also very broad knowledge of people who work in diplomacy. And that is a challenge, but it is also good because it keeps you working, keeps you developing, and uh, it's demanding, but uh, it helps you also to 
develop your personality, even at an age where one would not think that one still has to develop the personality and knowledge. So with these words of wisdom and hope to the future, also for our listeners, I would wrap up this interview. But before we finish altogether, I will very briefly pose a couple of so-called blitz questions. And I will give you two options. And you only need to pick one of those options. You don't have to provide an explanation for those. But I tell you, I don't like these blitz questions. Because, because I see also these blitz questions with politicians. You know? And uh, at the end, what do these blitz questions really tell you? But okay, let's go on with the blitz question. So the, with the first one would be multilateral political agreement or a bilateral legal treaty? Both. Conflict mediation or climate talks? Both. Ambassador of Austria or an OSCE special representative? Both. And the last but not least, the General Assembly resolution or a backroom deal? Both. With this rather diplomatic set of answers to our Blitz session, we conclude the third episode of Polemix Rack. We would like to express our sincerest gratitude to Ambassador Seidig for taking the time to join us today and for his insightful responses. It was an absolute pleasure having you with us. We do hope that this conversation has provided valuable insights into Ambassador's point of view in the SDG's drafting process and, of course, his own perspective on global sustainability efforts for generations to come. Don't forget to follow Polymix on social media to stay up to date on our latest releases and be sure to tune in for our next episode. This is Peter Janisch signing off for now. Thank you for listening and we look forward to connecting with you again soon.